How about you do the intro today, Newt? I don't have the specials. You don't have the specials? Damn it. All right. I thought, I thought you have. I, I always got the specials on me. All right. Well, welcome in on another episode of the Outside the Lines podcast. Today, we are going to discuss the Cyhawk loss, the tragedy in Ames, Iowa. Um, and we are also going to preview the Ohio game. And, of course, it's going to be an electrifying matchup this upcoming Saturday. And if you are not going to be in Ohio, then you're going to be at BNC Fieldhouse because they got the best drink deals on Welch Avenue as well as the best place to watch the big game. On Thursdays, they have half-off select appetizers and $2 liquor mugs from 9 to 10 p.m. Newt, does that make sense, $2 liquor mugs? No, it does not. That's actually insane. That's almost as good of of a deal as the mugs, like the twenty one mugs on your birthday shit. <laughs> like, like I think that was a dollar like, mug or something. That was, those are dollar mugs, and you only got that when you turned twenty one or someone that you knew. So yeah, but because they're $2 competitor liquor mugs, <laughs> it's insane. Because it's a competitor of BNC though, um, those mugs are not nearly as delicious and strong as BNC's, right? Yeah. Actually, yeah. you know what? I think Ben might have bought out size. Didn't really. He? Dude, he's All right. a monopoly on Welch Yeah, Avenue. someone fill us in on that. We're, we're not positive, but head on over to BNC for sure. They also have karaoke every Thursday night starting at 9.30 p.m. And, of course, on Saturdays, they have live music. So you can go watch your Cyclones this Saturday, stay for a little while, stay for some cheeseburgers, have some more beer, and then stay for the live music. Head on over there, support our boy Ben. And without further ado, we will get into a Cyhawk breakdown. Dude, it was a tough one, man. It was not very fun. Yeah, I mean, I think I tell anyone who doesn't know about Iowa, Iowa State, that it's the worst football game you're ever going to watch. And lo and behold, this is a terrible game to watch. Um, If you really like inadequate offenses and defenses overpowering inadequate offenses, then you love this football game. Um, Mm -hmm. If you like punting then you love this football game. Um, so Big like, Ten football fans, this is their wet dream. Yeah. If you like one turnover causing the entire game to basically go one team's way, you will love this football game. So uh, with that in mind, yeah, it was, it was a rough one. It was three hours of, of not fun. Um, I think that's the best way to describe it. I did not have fun. Not once. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just rough. Hakeem, when he was on, maybe uh, was a little too optimistic about things. I think Iowa sucks dick. Um, I'm thinking like 37 to like six, truthfully. (laughs) (laughs) Nearly 40 points against the Iowa Hawkeyes. Yeah. I like it. But I think um, (laughs) in my – in our reali- more realistic uh, predictions, we said it was going to be a grind and points were going to be hard to come by. And, you know, I just – I think it was rough. I think the field goal getting blocked to start was just like an omen almost. It was it was like, you know, we drove down the field. We converted a bunch of third downs. It was great. It was like, hey, we, we might be able to break through here. And the field goal gets blocked. And then 
Iowa goes down, kicks a field goal. It's like, all right, we're, we're already in a hole when like, this is going to be first, first team to 14 wins this first team to even 10 wins this game. If, if anyone, if even the other team hits 10, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. It was, it was just rough. The pass interference that kept their drive alive to give them that first touchdown was hard. It was pass interference, but at the same time, it was a terribly thrown ball that you could say, it wasn't was uncatch. Like, yeah, it wasn't catchable. Yeah, yeah, but that one was that one was really tough. That that really swung the momentum there because it was, you know, it was gonna get punted back to us in a three nothing or three three game at that point, and or actually it was a three nothing because then Iowa went up ten zero. Um, yeah, and yeah, so and I honestly once once Iowa got up ten zero, I was kind of like we have to do something. And then the, the pick six after that, I was like, we're not going to score. Did you see that wild stat though? I don't have it in front of me, but it was like like, 63 and two or 65 and two when they have pretty much. Yeah. They've won a million games whenever they're up eight or more points. Like, yeah. At half, I believe. Right. It was like, that sounds right. I think it was at half. If they have like a double digit lead or more, it was either. Yeah. Like you said, it was either more than eight or nine points. They're yeah. like, I think it was 65 and two. It, it, Someone um, knows this stat, like the back of their hand and they're just probably like pissed that we're not nailing yeah, this that, stat, but that, there was a cool that, stat out there that yeah. just let us know that we were screwed. There was a screen cap of it or not a screen cap of it. I thought about taking a screen cap of it. Cause then it'd be the uh, perfect, like, you know, play it back. But at the same time, yeah. I wasn't going to take a screen cap of it because I was like, this game's over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At that our, point it didn't matter. Our offense can't do anything. Um, but yeah, I mean, Wait, should we, should we talk about the offense? Um, Tom Manning is still alive and he is still the offensive coordinator for the Iowa state Cyclones. Th- this team, I think the thing that bothers me still is that it's like the entire day was just so conservative. It was, yeah, you know, I, I think Rocco threw over 15 yards, maybe like one time uh, it was just not really aggressive. And it, it like, it's almost like they're like, we're going to try and beat Iowa at Iowa's game. And it's like, yeah, why are you doing this? Like every other game that we play, we will try and dictate the flow. But it seems like when we play Iowa, we're like, hey, we're going to come in with good defense, not try and fuck up and do good special teams. And it's like, and, and play slow and, and all this kind of stuff. And it's just like, you know, I'd rather us lose this game by like trying to be aggressive, take shots and things like that. You know, the like throw a couple more whatever interceptions deep downfield or something. You know, the the one interception was just a really bad read and throw. I, I, there's no other way to describe it. He almost did it again later in the game, like the exact same throw and read. You know, uh, I thought it was tipped. Am I am I thinking no. of a different one? Okay. He threw it to the long side of the field, uh, an out route, and the guy simply oh, yeah. undercut it. And and that happened yeah. again a second time in the second half, and it was just like dropped or something. I, I don't know. And it that one would have been pick six two, and it's like that's that's a really hard throw to make for anyone. You know, like you have to rip that shit. But it's like the only routes we ran were shallow crosses, five yard outs, and slants. Like, I don't think we completed a pass on anything other than those three routes. And I even remember that announcer saying something like, 
Iowa State needs to do some double moves because everything's predictable. You need to do an out and up, a slant and go or whatever. And we still had no sacks in this game. And it was just really frustrating. Oh, I did not know that. I believe Jeez, we haven't right. had a sack yet this year uh, against us. Yeah, there's only one sack in the entire Oh, oh against us. I thought you meant like our Iowa State defensive line didn't have a sack. I thought we did. No, they only had one. Uh, okay. But, you know. Still more than Iowa. Not bad. This is true. But it's just like, like I said, it, it was so conservative. And then like the fourth quarter when they're trying to mount a comeback, that's one of the worst things I've ever fucking seen in my life. We got the ball with 10 minutes seven minute drive like there was no sense of urgency we were running the ball and then like i remember specifically it was there was five minutes left and we were maybe around the 25 or something we had all three of our timeouts still and we ran norton for maybe like three yards up the middle and they stood around for like literally for the entire play clock and then like we didn't snap it again until it was like 4 15 it's like what are you guys doing where's the sense of urgency like why is everyone just standing walking around like there wasn't no no like uh you know um i can't even think of it like no huddle offense like it's like we don't do things like that against iowa it's like do things to keep them on their toes do things to get them out of their element like no we're gonna play slow and methodical and we after we did the kickoff we got them three and out and then they punted us and then we we got stopped on turnover on downs. Remember Norton just ran like they on it was fourth and one and they got cute with it and they just ran Norton up the middle from shotgun and then Iowa got the ball back and they kneeled it. So the defense even gave the offense a chance to tie it up. The other thing is like, okay, Norton picks up the one, two yards. You're gonna lose 20 plus seconds to get the team back to run something again. It was just it was insane bad like in a frustrating <laughs> play calling to watch the entire day and especially that fourth quarter that fourth quarter was horrendous like no sense of urgency the entire time like it wasn't even like something finally clicked because they had to like go no huddle and get the defense on their toes and shit like that and it's like we didn't even do that it was just i don't know but no you're, you're right <laughs> very frustrating i think iowa ripped off like an eight yard run on first down and then the defense stopped them the next, like they got a negative three yard run. And then, um, I, the defense stopped it. Like it was impressive. Like, no, they did. John yeah. Hecock is the fucking man. Like I, we say this a million times and he, he's the man like this team only allowed 13 points to Iowa and we should be winning. If that's the case, you know, I, it's just, well, they, they also had, um, how did they score their touchdowns? Well, it wasn't one a pick six. Wasn't that the, the pick? That's that why I took had? off yeah. the seven. Yeah. So, and then on, on top of that, we had our field goal block. So just with that right there, like our offense against their offense, not terrible, honestly, because that's a 10 point swing right there. And honestly, there right when other... we missed that field goal or uh, when it was blocked, I was like, well, you can't have a special teams blunder or you can't give up a defensive touchdown. And then both of those things happened. And yeah. from there, you're not beating Kirk Ferentz the rest of the game i was i was only other touchdown was the one that we talked about where the pass interference kept the drive alive otherwise you could say the defense did their job again because it was like third and 15 on that play too that was the thing that was even more aggravating about that was that it was a long ass third down and it was not a good throw and then they called up the pi and what do you think of the jeremiah cooper pick by the way no one thinks that that was was, it was pass interference (laughs) you think 
<laughs> it was definitely pass interference. And then we got. I don't know. Don't. I feel like the we got I ball think it was both ways. the next year. It it looked. It's one of those where I think both people are kind of like going for the ball because it wasn't exactly the best, but it was it was very handsy and grabby and like you could say he impeded the the catch. You know, everyone was saying that the Higgins yeah. one earlier when we we had it going to the the end zone on that first drive should have been PI and like it it was a little bit like he his arm got hit on but it wasn't as obvious I'd say as this one but I like the announcers like you gotta let these guys play and they they did let them play I mean I you have to give credit the the officials for the most part were pretty consistent and yeah they, they, they stayed out of it which was nice I mean I'd much rather that than the officials that are trying to call hold on every fucking play and looking for every ticky tacky thing. Like this was, it wasn't one where we could really complain about, you know, that, that PI one is a frustrating one, but it's still technically PI in, in the, the book of it. You know, it's, he, yeah. he got there too early and took out the guy. You could say it was uncatchable because it was thrown super far behind him, but yeah, it's still hard. So I, I, I think that, it, you know, this is the show's maturity. New, We are over here giving the refs their flowers. They did not have a game wrecking call for the most part. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm literally watching the Jeremiah Cooper pick as we speak. And it looks like I don't know who the wide receiver was, but it, it looks like he was just as handsy. It just looked like Jeremiah Cooper had the last hands on him by the time the ball came. So I think that's why it looks more like it was on Jeremiah's end. But I'm like. There are two guilty parties here. I know I have a bias, but I really feel like that was a, a good no call. Like, you can't really call that either which way. But either way. Um, we should have had it called because then we threw a pick six literally the next play. So maybe yeah, uh, maybe, maybe if that it is been called for PI, us. defense stays out there a little bit. Or so, I don't and we know. force a field like, goal. That's some, the, like, wild worst conspiracy. Pl- worst play of the game happened after that and, and, like, just really put us in a huge hole. So it's – it's defeating too. I, I think, um, you know, we saw that 49ers game and Trent Williams literally said like, I honestly wanted the Steelers to get a, a first down or two just so I could take a break and think about the defense getting a huge turnover like that. Going back to the sideline, I think it was two plays later, boom, pick six. And they're like, well, I guess we don't have to go right back out on the field, but damn, like that shows our hard work just going down the drain. So it's just defeating morally or, you know, I should say emotionally um, for a defense to see that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that was, that was the, you know, the, the last dagger. Uh, like <laughs> once that, once that happened, I know it was still like at half, but I think you could have pulled any Iowa state fan and be like, how do you feel? Like, do you think Iowa state's going to win? And realistically, all of us would have probably said no, because <laughs> no. unless you are just like super biased, but it, based on how everything was going and the way the offense was looking and whatnot, it was just the only way we were going to win that was with like our defense, like strip sack six, pick six, you know, like they would have to get points back to contend on that. And it's just, it, you can't, it's really hard to be Iowa at their game. It's, it's, yep. And it, like I said, it's so, and that's Campbell's, that's Campbell's kryptonite every year. He's like, I can do this better than Kirk Ferentz, who's been alive said, for a thousand no. years, by the way. He's been yeah. playing this, he's been coaching the same type of football for actually a thousand years. Like, I'm Campbell's a great coach, but you're not going to 
out ancient someone who's been ancient for ever. And that's the weird part is that like previous Iowa State coaches have had Kirk's number. He has he had like a 500, like a less than 500 record against Iowa State. I think before Campbell got here because he's like six and one against Matt now. Like, and but I remember seeing something that it was like at one point someone it was like Kirk Ferentz was like nine and eight against Iowa State in his career, and then he's just been able to reel off wins now against Matt because it's like the other coaches didn't try to play the Iowa style. They knew that they couldn't, you know, and like, it's yeah. almost like Matt's trying to like prove it. Like, no, I can beat Iowa at their own games. Like, dude, it's, it's that, or I've seen people like the other theory has been that he just doesn't care about it. They're like, he doesn't prepare for it. And he's just ready for like conference. And it's just, it would make way. sense that he doesn't open up the playbook for Iowa, but after what we saw last year, the playbook never really got opened after Iowa either. So, yeah, um, I mean, hey, are you calling for Campbell's job? Is that what I'm no, hearing right I, now? I'm not. I, I just, I think this one's Good. frustrating because I think it's one of those where, like, like we said, I mean, I even said this too that I think the stubbornness of Campbell's staff and maybe his philosophy is going to be something that could essentially really hold back this team. You know, we said with Manning being here, that was someone who was on his staff left, even came back, they gave him the reins and we're, we're seeing it with Shieldhouse now too. And it's kind of like, well, I don't know if we need to hire, like we can't, shouldn't really be hiring from within at our offensive coordinator right now. Cause it's kind of yeah. showing that's not working. You know, like these people have the same philosophies as Matt because they've been with him since like Toledo for the most part. And then it's like, you almost need to get someone out of this group that all has like the same thinking potentially to like mix it up a little bit. So, yeah. Cause like, I, I don't know, like obviously the Iowa game is an anomaly and we can't, probably truly say anything about the offense but if this is how the offense is going to like look or the schemes or the play types it's gonna be a really annoying and frustrating year because our defense is gonna show up most games but they're also gonna have a blunder here and there like you can't expect this defense to play perfect 12 games a year like that's not gonna happen they're gonna keep us competitive in a lot of games though and it's up to the offense and special teams to then like step up or at least be adequate and that's why last year it was it was hard like besides the tcu game we were kind of in just about every game we played last year but most of that's because of the defense and like oh hey if the offense can improve we could go from being four and eight to like an eight and four team or a seven and five team and just doesn't feel that promising right now kind of give you a silver lining yeah Obviously, it's not Chase Contreras' fault that his kick was blocked, but he nailed two 40-yarders to even keep us in this game. Yeah. I, I mean, this is new for us. We got some special teams going. And, I mean, it you can make, you can make fun of us for being pumped about two 40-yard field goals being made in, in one game. But, seriously, if you watched Iowa State football in the past five years, you, you know that that's been a very low expectation we've had. And – I mean, hell, he he looked great against you and I too. Um, I don't know. I I I like Contreras. It's so cool that we feel like we might have a kicker that we can rely on. Um, kind of a wild stat. Jalen Noel Noel Noel. I've heard it pronounced both ways. Um, eight receptions, fifty yards. He literally averaged like 
just over six yards per catch. And it was out of all those quick outs, the crossers. There's no downfield threat. I, I, Hakeem called it Jaden Higgins with a pretty unreal touchdown catch. I'm not sure if you guys saw the replay of it, but it was, you know, reeled it in left handed. Um, so we got some guys that I think can be vertical threats, but maybe it's our system or honestly, maybe it's just we don't quite trust Rocco's deep ball or maybe our receivers on the deep ball either. I don't know. There must be something internally that is making him apprehensive to call that type of game. Do you think? Do you think? It's it, at this point, I, I think it's definitely scheme. It's it's just. It's because they haven't even allowed him to try like like if it was okay we like the there hasn't even been routes that go that far it feels like or, or you know i i don't know i i think that's the part that is incredibly frustrating is that there's just this lack of shots even being taken like they took a what maybe like one or two against you and i and then against iowa they, they didn't do anything like it was just really frustrating and it's still frustrating because it like i think the worst one was i think we had we had third and long maybe in like the third quarter and they ran shallow crosses i think he tried to throw to Jalen noel right at the line of scrimmage and there was like three io guys that were going to easily be able to tackle him it's like why are you why is this your like the read or what you guys are running right now because it's just ridiculous for that to be you know the do you think he doesn't call. see the the field well down the field? I, no, I mean, I, I don't want to like think bash my short kings here. I I I think it's I think it's a combo of offensive coordinator and then them maybe not trying to want to like ask too much of you know Rocco right away. He's but young. at the yeah. same time, it's like you have to like take risks. Like you're yeah. not if you play this conservative style of football, you have to be like perfect. And that's harder than not being perfect. Yeah. No, you're 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 spot you're on. You're not going to be perfect, but you're probably like you can't win playing not to lose. And that's that's what spot it on. felt like we we did all this game was we played not to lose, played afraid. It, it like there were sometimes where it's like so many receivers had dropped balls because they were looking because they knew that they were going to get hit. It's like I'm sorry, you're playing fucking football. Catch like. Catch it because you you know you're gonna get popped. Like why are you looking it, like that happened multiple times? Like drops where you can see the guy's helmet look up as the ball is coming in and goes by, and it's like you yeah. Like they no, people no, didn't want on. the ball. People did not want the ball. Like it was like afraid running. Jalen Noel on the that punt that went 20 yards. That's not Dude, wanting that, the ball. That, that's that that's is not an, wanting the ball. And you're poising yourself for. He had so he had a running lane. He had, and I'm saying at the minimum, a 15 yard return ahead of him could have housed it, depending on how the rest of the blocking would have shaken out. But yeah, it's it's opportunities like that where you're not entirely losing the game off of one big mistake, but it's more like the missed opportunities where you know you don't really look back on the stat sheet and think, oh, there's a huge missed opportunity for a punt return there. But you go back and you watch the highlights, you're like. Damn, that could have been something. And then, you know, field positioning, we know how important that is. It's Especially a completely different Iowa. play call as well. I don't know. But for the record, I think Rocco sees the field pretty decently. Um, I think I honestly didn't think he had a bad game. I thought he 
I don't think he had a great game. Let's put it that way. But for the most part was making the right decisions. I think he was um, mostly accurate. Now, obviously the pick six was a pretty bad decision. You could tell that he just did not see um, that DB lining up there, but you know, he's young. I, I thought he played a better game than the stat sheet showed, especially with what he had there. Now here's myself, you know, Travis Hunter for Colorado balling out both sides of the ball. TJ Tampa had that awesome, whatever you call it, the chase down tackle fast. from behind to save Very a touchdown. Fast. Dude is fast. He played wide receiver. He hurdled a guy and still caught the fucker. It was impressive. That was, that was crazy impressive. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, I, I, I know it's probably not going to happen. I know it's probably not going to happen, but it will not have happen. we even thought to try out TJ Tampa at wide receiver? Cause he's athletic. You saw his basketball highlights. The guy can jump a million miles high. Like I'm just saying, I'm just saying if he has a conditioning for it, try him out just to see, cause he could be a vertical threat. It's, it's outrageous, but I like it. I have a proposal too. Um, okay. Can we stop running out of the shotgun? Like it doesn't help our running backs at all. And Rocco hasn't pulled in the read option one time to run the ball. Like he has not kept it one time on it. I haven't so it's noticed just, that. It's, it's absolutely worthless because our running back is not getting the momentum towards the line and they have to like work horizontally before they can go vertically. Whereas let's just fuck like even run the pistol. Like if you, if you're afraid of getting under center and snapping it and you want to get your quarterback, like more time to drop it, run the pistol. But our running back needs to be behind and be able to get momentum going. Like it's incredibly frustrating. I, you should only be running the, like people running the NFL shotgun. I, I get why they're like freak athletes and they can do whatever, but like, especially against Iowa or whatever, like, give your running back an advantage of like being able to hit the line with like some momentum because it impacts the run game so poorly. And there's not even the threat of Rocco keeping the ball right now. So the, the edge people can crash down on it. And it's just, I I don't know. It's, I'm not saying it's like a Rocco thing. I'm saying it's like an overall offensive scheme, like get the run pistol or get, under center and help out our running backs, help out our line. Like same thing. It helps out both of these units by allowing the running back to get some momentum going. It's incredibly frustrating how this team almost like refuses to get under center. Maybe Jirel told me this. I can't remember, but a running back mentioned how you can't really execute either a fake or um, obviously just roll like, or, run full steam ahead when you're out of the shotgun, because think about it when you're faking, when you're even pulling it at that point, there is a two, three yard like distance from you in the defensive line to the point where they can see, Oh, Oh, this is a fake. Now I can have a little bit more space and time to adjust where I need to contain the quarterback or go into, you know, tackling the running back. Whereas if you do it from under center, then right when the fake happens, it's like a half yard away from the line of scrimmage, meaning the defense does not have as much time to react to a play action. If you're going to bootleg that bad boy, or at the very least, you're giving the running back, you know, full steam ahead to maybe do something with it. So I, I, I think Jirel told me that I, I can't remember who it was. Um, but ever since I kind of heard that, I'm like, that makes sense. And football is a game of inches. It might not really sound like much, but it is at the end of the day. And clearly it's not working for us. And 
You know, I love the way Rocco moves in the pocket. I love his mobility. Um, like you said, didn't get sacked once all game. Um, and I think he keeps his eyes down the field pretty well, but it, there's a difference between being mobile in the pocket, knowing how to move and also being a run threat. I love Rocco's mobility. I don't know if I love his running though. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, he, yeah, it's some, some guys aren't going to be like these, you know, option, whatever quarterbacks that you're going to want to like have design runs or tell them like, make sure to hold this. But I think the other thing with it is that, you know, running from the shotgun is it's great. If you have a great passing threat or like, like where the defense is almost thinking like, Oh, they're going to pass it. But it's like, we run from shotgun and have two tight ends like bulked up on one side. It's like the most obvious tell that it's going to be a run play to like that side. And Rocco's not going to, he's going to give up the ball. Like, it's just, it's, it's so, you can just read what's going on. It's, it's extremely predictable. And yeah, you can run from shotgun well if you have a good passing threat. You know, like you're spreading out the defense. Yeah. They're they're worried about a, a, a passing threat. But like especially with Iowa and stuff, they man up a lot of guys because they have great corners. It's it, it's it's one of those things where it's like it's the same thing, like scheme. Like figure this stuff out. Like, you know, I don't know, help out the run game by allowing our our running backs to potentially, you know, like uh cut the other way, like see a hole and like but like when they're in shotgun, they are stuck usually you're like your momentum's carrying you you're going this one way it's really hard to cut against the green i can't think of the proper word right now just like a cut back i guess it, it, you can't cut back against like a hole opens up or whatever it's it's really hard so i don't know it, it's a small frustration but it's it's one where it i think our run game is extremely predictable because there's not the threat of the quarterback and there's just you know not a great offensive threat to truly spread them out. Like we can run, we could run from the shotgun when we had Al Mazard, Hakeem Butler, and you know, like David Montgomery back, like back, like a lot of these great components where it's like, okay, we have to like maybe hold a safety over Hakeem Butler. Like he's going to eat up two guys. But I was like, no, we'll beat you one-on-one with our corners against your wide receivers. And we're not going to have an issue here. Yeah. So I don't know. It was a frustrating game. Um, I think everyone was just, playing a verse of killing me softly during that last drive, which, you know, took up 12 minutes with Hunter Deckers, but Hey, that resulted in a W when you're down 14 points at, you know, against Iowa with 10 minutes left, you, you gotta move down the field a lot faster. And I, I, that was what was the worst part for me. Obviously there are smaller details where, you know, it's an accumulation of everything that is the reason we lost the game, but just the sense of urgency at the very end to me as a fan was what was most frustrating. It kind of just felt like we were only playing for pride and to lose by not two possessions. That's honestly what it looked like. It didn't really look like we were playing to win the game. Otherwise you're right. You know, we would have slung the ball more (laughs) and maybe, I, I, I don't know ransom hurry up no huddle it was it was wildly frustrating watching that last drive despite the fact that it ended in a touchdown but at that point it was definitely you know too late to feel like we actually had a chance to win so those are my parting words or your parting words for cyhawk 2023 yeah i i think it's it's just frustrating to watch this game be 
it's been the same game from Campbell year in and year out. There's not these like adjustments being made. And like we said, he's trying to beat Iowa at their own game. And it's really hard to do that. So I just, I don't like, I don't feel, I've never felt confident about this game. You know, like ever since Campbell's taken over every year, I'm like, I'm not going to predict Iowa state to win because we haven't beat them yet. Last year we won, but it was obviously extremely ugly. And then even this year, I was like, I don't think we're winning this game because it's just kind of shown that this staff and this team, like the staff and how they coach the team, just like they play into Iowa's hands. And, and, and I think that's the hardest part to like watch is you're just like, like you said, there's no hurry up. There's no nothing to like throw them out of rhythm to try and like mess things up. It's, it's, it was so conservative. It's like you have an amazing defense behind you that steps up a lot. Like they stepped up so much this game and use it. I, I'd rather them be aggressive and take shots and, and do shit than this like three and out. We're not even going to try and push the ball past the line of scrimmage on a pass and stuff like that. Like, it, yeah, that's, that's just frustrating. It was frustrating. It was not fun. It was not fun. I'm gonna I'm gonna end it, it on fun. how how I began it. Not fun. Um, good news. Brian Ferris had not reached 25 points for the second week in a row, so that's kind of hilarious. Um, actually, we we that's kind of want news. him. Yeah, yeah, we want him news. to stick around. So that's definitely bad news. Now that I'm actually yeah. saying it, damn it. Okay, they're gonna drop like 75 next week, and we're gonna be their biggest cheerleaders. Go Iowa offense. Woohoo! Yeah. You know, I thought he called a, a brilliant game. There was actually a couple play calls where I'm like, oh, Brian Ferentz kind of in his bag there. Probably on two play calls, maybe two. Moving on to Ohio. Yeah, Ohio. Um, Fun fact about Ohio, their state name shares the exact same um, vowels and consonants as Iowa which is just remarkable. So, so much in common. There's 75% more we have in common than not. No, that didn't make any no, sense. But that did not make any sense. We're 75% vowels is what I meant to say. That's cool. We're the only two states in America that have that. We're four letters and three syllables, which is pretty cool. Ohio, Iowa. Wow, Ohio. Ohio. And yeah. living in Pennsylvania, people think I'm from Ohio a lot or Indiana or Illinois. People have terrible geography skills, but I, I hear Idaho a decent amount. And I'm like, I Idaho, Idaho is like too. not even close to the Midwest. Like, I, I, I guess maybe it's somewhat close, but not really. Yeah. So, um, um so Ohio, um, I have not checked DraftKings. I heard there was a sports book out there that had us as three and a half point favorites. Yeah, I yeah. I would I would love to bet us, but I I was reading something that this Ohio team is actually pretty good, no. like they're old. No, no. yeah, I've heard they're very tenured, but I'm watching them play Long Island, um, Florida Atlantic, Florida Atlantic. Who knows? Maybe they have a juggernaut of a defensive line. They put so much pressure on the on Ohio's quarterback. Every single highlight I saw. And if Florida Atlantic's defensive line can force him to get the ball out of his hands in one and a half seconds, I think we can probably do it in one second. So I'm not at all concerned about it. I did hear the spin zone of, oh, 
keep your eye on Ohio. They got some players who have been there for more than just one or two years. I don't care. I'm watching this team. Also, we killed them with our team last year. Are we that much worse this year from last year? I don't think so. No, we are not. Exactly. <laughs> so how can we, and if, if these guys we played against last year, majority of them are returning. In my opinion, that says, okay, that means they didn't do any work in the transfer portal in the off season. They didn't, they're not going to pull a Colorado on one year and flip it around, you know, from being a team that we killed by, I think 40 points last year, whatever it was to all of a sudden competitive. No, don't buy into any of that. Also, Iowa State played a good Iowa team in one possession. Like, let's not remove our context here. We're a good football team against bad football teams, and Ohio is a bad football team. So, therefore, on this Saturday, you'll see a good Iowa State team. There's not much else to say. Yeah. Um, I saw this <laughs> one on, on Twitter, uh, okay. courtesy of, of Cyclone Larry. Um, he said the last time Iowa State 69. lost to a MAC team was when we lost to Matt Campbell's Toledo. So Matt Campbell a, doesn't lose to Mac. Yeah. That's a, a good omen here, but yeah, I mean, it's one of those where after watching last week, it's, it's, you know, you're hoping for a get right game as we then play Oklahoma state uh, the following week, but you don't want to be looking forward to it either. We're going to Ohio as well, which is, kind of weird but we went to Akron like three or four years ago as well so yeah I mean everyone's saying it's tenured Campbell was saying oh this might be whatever because you as a coach <laughs> yeah, you, ha- you have to do coach speak yeah well that was oh, like some Belichick comment that yeah. was bad yeah so um yeah I mean I'm not too terribly nervous about it but the book line is wild uh, like I want to put I want to put money on it, but at the same time, I hate betting Iowa State games because if they lose and I bet on them, I'm like incredibly furious. (laughs) Like I'm already extremely disappointed whenever they lose, but then like me being like you're an idiot because you bet on them to win is always like just uh, it's terrible. I I, it's so, but that line is is wild. It's a wild line. I'm taking a season off from actually sports betting. So this is a good challenge for me. I'm I'm going no sports betting this year, but I'm mentally making bets. And yeah, I opened up DraftKings. We are minus three on DraftKings, not even minus, minus three, three and a half. That is, wow. I, I say this with respect to DraftKings, with respect to Vegas, because all they care about is green. Um, I know they're not, they don't have any vendetta against Iowa state. Um, you know, they don't have any particular love for Ohio, but I mean this in my core. When I say that is the dumbest line I've ever, ever seen. I'm not kidding. That is so disrespectful. I am so like appalled by even seeing that. I, I thought it was three and a half is three. That's, that's ridiculous to me. Um, I don't know what's more ridiculous. Apparently, Iowa was favored by like 28 points this weekend when that's not happening. Brian Ferentz himself hasn't even scored 25 points once. I mean, technically, he scored, what was it, 13 points against Iowa State? You actually expect them to score more than 25? I, I Anyway, that that's they, also they, ridiculous. They randomly have those games, though, where they like will just blow out a team. 
It's they're always very weird, but they have that once a year. And but it's usually against a team that's like better than them. Like they had yeah. that year a couple of years ago where they spanked Ohio State. It was like tied at half, and then they just absolutely murdered them. But yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I think this line is something I might sprinkle some money on. I I did bet over the NFL this weekend and went three for three. No big deal. Um, oh, nice. And and yeah, so. I don't know what else to say about this game uh, other than it, we Final just have to we have to have a get right game. I'm, I'm going to be really frustrated if we if we don't if this is like, you know, some big struggle by our team and we're going into Big 12 play like where we either barely pulled out a win at Ohio or God forsake something bad happens and we lose to them. But dude, they only beat or Long Island by 17. It was 27 to 10. I think Florida Atlantic was 17 to 10. Like, yeah, these guys are not. Okay. I'm putting my money where my mouth is right now. Final score is going to be, um, 30, 34 to three. I I honestly might dude, They're not going to do anything on us. I don't, I don't think I've ever felt more comfortable about a pick in my life about, about picking a blowout in my life. We literally saw this team last year. They were turning their own start. Like we saw them last year. We, I, I would almost argue we're better this year than we were, our, than we were last year. I don't know about that. That, that might be, that might be a stretch. I don't know, but I know we're not much worse. That's for sure. This is, is going to be a blowout. I think we are better than we were last year. That's, but, a, that's honestly a good debate. Yeah. Who's better Deckers or Becht from what we've seen so far. Dead air. I don't. I don't want. I don't know if I want to answer that. Actually, I'm gonna be quiet. Why'd you yeah. propose that? Um. Yeah. Moving on. Well, we do have four tight ends that can catch the ball, as opposed to two last year. So that's a step up. I think our offensive line's a little better too. Offensive line is definitely better. Definitely better. The defense, defense is, is just as good. I don't know, dude. We lost Will McDonald. He's really good. But the defense is so really good. I trust John Heacock with anything. John Heacock can I would get say, 11 guys. Uh, like, he could have 11 freshmen that he just has a, a summer with, and I bet defense is going to be good this year. <laughs> I would point, say the development, of, the development of purchase, Tampa, Jeremiah Cooper for sure, and then just having Freeler there again. I would say all four of those just alone, how much better they've got from what I've seen. I would say surpasses or at the very least matches up with us losing McDonald because I think, you know, our defensive line still looks pretty outstanding right now. Um, it could be better. Ah, that's fair. We lost McDonald. All right. Dude maybe I shouldn't have... We could rush three and that man was still getting sacks all the time. Yeah. The more I think about it, maybe I shouldn't have proposed that argument either way. We're not that much worse than we were last year at the very least. We're not that much worse. No, we were competitive last year too. I th- I think that's like like I mentioned, you know, most of our games last year were pretty close, like one score, two score games. And besides TCU, that was just an awful game to watch last year. But at least you could like turn that one off by the start of the second quarter. So this yep, team fights. It again you know. this Let's this see. Be I'm going. Th- our schedule last year, 
Oklahoma was the only other game that we lost by more than one score. And yeah. Remember remember playing K-State last year? <laughs> that's one Why of the don't wor- I? That's one of the worst games I've ever watched. I think we went to it. K-State. No, I didn't go to any games last year. I couldn't make any. What? Oh, I still hung out at your parents' tailgate. That's right. That must have been a yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We Did kicked anyone piss their pants goals. that time? No. We kicked three field no. goals and only K-State's only big score from it was a blown they, like the first drive of the night, there's a blown coverage and they took it for like 75 yards. And then after that, they legitimately did not do anything the rest of the night. And we could only muster up three field goals in case they mustered up another field goal and we lost 10 to nine. And I, I vaguely remember that. That was the game where Ant had that crazy game saving. Um, yes. Fumble. Yes. That was incredible. We miss yes. Ant. Well, I mean, we do miss Ant, but our DBs are pretty damn good. So yeah. Let the young, let the young kids shine. Um, hey, do we want to talk Cyclones in the NFL? Yeah, quickly. Brees Hall's the best running back in the NFL. Best running Bro- back. Brock Purdy is the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. Um, Will McDonald recorded a tackle. Nice. Nice. That Jets defense is going to be good. Yeah, well, and Lazard good. looks that like a, a very, good. very solid, you know, just like supporting piece. I love his leadership. You know, he turned to Zach Wilson after that that interception that ended up being intercepted by Garrett Wilson. Let's be real here. It was not a good throw. Garrett Wilson is just incredible. But um, after that touchdown pass, he came up to Zach Wilson and said, It's like that. It's just like that. You see how it's off your shoulders now? That was on them. That was on them. Tie school. We don't do Let's go. Super cool. That's veteran leadership. It's his first year in New York, and he's already just being that offensive leader. It, also, Alan's are just sick. You know, he's just sick. Yeah, he is. Um, I will say I saw some people chirping Brees on the long run because he got caught. That man had yeah. no training camp. He's like he, – he, he, the first 40 yards will look like the last 40 yards in like three weeks when he's up to speed. And the man went for oh, yeah. over 100, 100 yards in the game and got, like, way more carries than anticipated. And this was his first probably real action the entire year. So anyone trying to chirp Brees Hall, I'll personally fight you. So, yeah. And also, you know, who hasn't been the person where you're running a mile and the last half of it is much harder than the first half, right? We can all relate to that. Everyone loses steam. He won't get caught the rest of the year. I can promise you that. He won't. If, if he if he has a similar run like that, that man's not getting touched. I can promise you that. Seen it I, too many I times that I stand with Newt on this. He's an absolute home run hitter. Everyone knows it. He showed it off, and it's just like, hey, no training camp, getting thrown into the game first time here. Like, gonna get a little gassed. You just he's he's not a he's not a hundred percent, and he still went for 120 rush yards. Like, beast. yeah, absolute beast. Yeah, absolutely. And there was this one chart that showed the yards gained after, um, you know, a, a point, like basically after breaking your first tackle. And it was a lot of really good running backs, mostly just kind of spread in this one area. And then literally Brees Hall was off the charts in the top right corner. It, he's he's incredible, guys. He might not have the greatest offensive line at, you know, in New York, but guess what? Or the best quarterback. Probably the worst <laughs> quarterback, actually. 
we're going to be honest. And, and I mean, guess what? He He's still balling out there. Iowa State didn't have the best offensive line, and he was killer at Iowa State. Oh, you know who also had a great weekend? David Montgomery. He did. They well, his him. was Thursday night. That's true. But he got the dub. He had so many big runs. He picked up huge, like, third and fourth down conversions. Amazing at the goal line. The, they're, the, I mean, the Lions have shown that they want a one-two punch at running back. They did last year with Jamal yeah. Williams and DeAndre Swift. So when people were saying that, you know, with with Gibbs coming in, that Montgomery's not going to be a part. Like, they want to – Gibbs is small. Like, he's elusive. Yeah. He's going to be that guy that they – you know, want to get out in space or whatever, but Montgomery is going to be the one, the bruiser fighting for the the tough ass yards because that's all he's done in his life. We saw him fight for yards at Iowa State behind some rough lines. And, and he looks good behind a Detroit offensive line. Yeah, they have a good line. So they do. Um, yeah. Capable Montgomery. quarterback too. I love the line. I think I'm not, I'm not talking anything new. I think everyone loves the Lions this year. Just kind of kind of feels a little like America's team, you know? Yeah. Fuck the Cowboys. Not a Cowboys fan at all. Not a Cowboy. You know what? Um, our our league where where we play two quarterbacks. Um, it's a good league, by the way. My only two quips with it is that we use Yahoo instead of ESPN, and it's a two quarterback league because I had Aaron Rodgers as my QB one. And now I have to start Zach Wilson as my QB two, but I did pick Brock Purdy, so I he he might overcome enough for everyone. That's true. You have the best quarterback in the, the NFL, so I do. I do. Exactly. One last note on Brock. I thought it was very funny how Patrick Peterson said the thing about I'm gonna get at least an interception on him, and then Brock specifically went at him and Ayuk just they both dogged him, and then in the press conference. Brock afterwards was just like the second touchdown on the right side, the the deep ball. Was that on Patrick Peterson? Yeah, and that one I was like, all right, that, was, that felt good. But uh, it was it was good, man. He's a competitor. I have nothing but respect for Patrick Peterson and, and everything that he does. So. <laughs> so. Oh man, I want to be his friend. Hey, who whoever knows Brock Purdy out there, like on a personal level, let him know that we love him, um, but in a non creepy way, in that we really, really, really want him to be on our pod, but like only if he's chill with it. Don't make us sound too desperate, please. And Breeze, which we've talked to Breeze, and he yeah, pull the trigger on coming out of the pod, but I, we've been we've been Breeze followed us. We followed Breeze, and Breeze followed us back before he was at Iowa State. We have been yep. Breeze supporters. Since before day one Cyclones, we were supporting him when he was in high school. We're like, this dude's going to be a beast at Iowa State. And then he was a fucking beast uh-huh. at Iowa State. Now we're like, hey, he's going to be the best running back in the NFL. And he's going to prove it that he's the best running back in the NFL this year. He showed it for five games last year. And he's going to show it for 17 this year. Dude, does he still have his braces on? I feel like he needs to keep those on the rest of his life. Like, I, that's, to me, his brand. Like, when I see Brees' face, I, I need to see those braces. It's like Brees' braces, you know? Stop. That is a terrible take. I don't know, man. You, Just you call can him only the best running so back in the brain. NFL. Let's move on. All right. Did, does Anthony Davis look good with his unibrow? James Harden with his beard? I'm just telling you. Brees' braces. He could get some sponsorships out of that. What? Like from Invisalign? <laughs> Maybe Invisalign, yeah. They tr- they know. transform him and they're like, "Hey, do you want to wear braces all the time?" And he's like, "No," and then switch it over. 
until I come in and say, no, this is a part of our agreement. You, you got to be equipped with braces at all times. Or maybe braces. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I was just about to say, maybe he could like wear a a knee brace. No, I don't like that. That's, that's more scary. Yeah. Just keep the braces on your, on your teeth. I like that more. Anyway, what were we going to say? Um, very unimportant thing, but I like the braces mouth guard when playing football because I thought it was more comfortable than like molding a mouth guard. So even when Actually, I yeah. have braces, I use the braces mouth guard. I mess with just, that. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. It was the blue rubbery one. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Where like everyone, all like the defense saw you from a mile away because of how blue it was. Yeah. Yeah. Those were it, it, great. For whatever guard. reason, like. Let's be honest. It was kind of fun to chew on, right? Oh yeah, yeah. They were like rubbery, and you could be kind of like. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> oh man, dude, it was so sweet. Yeah, bring those back. Yeah, let's just. Why don't we just wear mouth guards while working and stuff? You know, like. <laughs> we should do an episode where, you, like, because quarterbacks sometimes have to talk with a mouth guard. We should try and do an entire episode. No. Yeah, no. Terrible. Let's like not do audio that. Only. And you'd hear like a bunch of like. Oh yeah, the... I'd be not on that thing. I get I get annoyed hearing people like chew and eat and shit. Like that's one of my biggest pet peeves is if someone else is eating food and I can hear it. Like if I'm not eating, I get just annoyed by them eating, which it's a little irrational. If you're smacking your lips, it's different. But them just like consuming a meal still just doesn't work. What about when people are eating with a fork and? Their teeth hit the sil like the uh, metal of the fork it? first. Oh, yeah, and they like scrape people it. People bite yeah. their silverware, dude. They hate their teeth like that. Oh man, that, I'm that, not a fan yeah. of that. No. That one like it kind of makes me cringe. It's not as bad as nails on a chalkboard for me, but it's maybe the eating equivalent of that. Yeah, that one's rough. <sighs> All right, well, if you made it this far. Head on over Thanks to BNC Fieldhouse. I Thank still have to give a, a final score prediction. For oh, you didn't give one. Okay, so one. mine was 34-3. I feel very good about that score. What's yours? 31-10. I think 31-10? we're going to come, come out slow. It's going to be shade, shades of shades of Akron a little bit. We played Akron a couple of years ago. Yeah. It was like 17-14 at some point. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? And then I think they end up winning like 31-14. I feel like that's going to be the same thing here. It's going to maybe be like... 10-3, 10-7 Cyclones at some point, and then we'll pull away. But I, I think, yeah. I think be. you're going to Ohio. You're kind of well, that's not motivated I, from playing Iowa, and then you're going over to this place, and it's going to be – Campbell's back in Mac. Ohio. Think about that. He doesn't give a – like, it's whatever. He's going to be like, this no. is my stomping ground. This is not – are they the Bobcats yeah, they, or Bearcats? They're the Bobcats. He went to Akron, yeah. is the same thing. That's in Ohio, too, and they didn't show up for that one, so – I don't know. I'm I'm thinking it's gonna be an, a blowout. I feel very good about it. I'm not um, saying it's not gonna be a blowout. My prediction was 31-10. I just I think it's that's gonna, a blowout. That is a blowout. You know, I just I, I think, think it's gonna be a slow blowout. So slow do, out. do we constitute a blowout as three possessions or more? So it has to be 17 points. Like, would you consider a 16 point win a blowout? I don't know. I feel like over 20 is a blowout. I feel like it's 17. Like, like, give me three possessions. If you win by three possessions or more, which is 17, it's a blowout. In well, my technically, opinion. technically, 24 is three possessions too. So, exactly. So, I mean, but that's the thing. When you're looking at a blowout, it could be a blowout by 60 points or a blowout by 17. I don't know. Maybe I'm getting technical with my lingo here. 
blowouts are also like a vibe you know like it's like yeah it is a vibe <laughs> it's a vibe it's a, it absolutely is there's obviously like obvious blowouts so you can be like that's a blowout but there are other blowouts where it's like oh that wasn't a blowout it was actually just you know at the end of the whatever there was a certain thing that that twisted it or whatever but yeah okay so blowouts are a vibe. It, saturday will be a vibe i think we're in agreement there right yeah yeah it'll be uh, i think it's gonna be slow vibe it's gonna be like the the opener kind of sucks but then like the main act was great but it it, you know i can see vibes and and whatever it can still be a great vibe by the end of the event you still enjoyed it it, but you know at first when you got there a little bit you're like okay this isn't really doing it for me right now you got to get another beer or two in and then the vibe starts picking up yeah that too (laughs) (laughs) yeah saturday will be a vibe yeah yeah okay well thank you for tuning in as always roll clones roll clones baby all right i think that was our best one yet yeah always